Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8 and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, Part 1. The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, was developed and published by Nintendo and released in November of 1991 in Japan. It was released in April of 1992 in North America and September of 92 in PAL territories. Oh, well, nice. Not too far apart all around. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is the third installment of the famous Legend of Zelda series and is more of a direct sequel to the original one than... Number two. It's definitely closer uh, in gameplay. Yes. Now, this game began development in 1988. Oh, wow. That's right. It was developed for a year on the NES. No kidding? Yeah. And then when they uh, had the Super Nintendo or Super Famicom far enough along, development moved from the NES to the Super Nintendo. Man, I wonder what they had to show for it. Like, if there's any old, old prototype you know, NES Link to the Past floating around somewhere? It would definitely be interesting to see. Now, this game was produced by the famed Miyamoto himself. Yes, yes. He's uh, the granddaddy of them all. And it was uh, Takashi Tezuka that took the directing duties on this one. And, of course, music was done by the legend, the incomparable Koji Kondo. Yeah, all all credited um, well at the end, you know. Uh, this was one of the first games where it was like, you got, I mean... Spoilers, but in the ending, like, you know, these guys, like, it's like movie-style credits for, for one of the first times, you know? Yeah, I feel like uh, by Super Nintendo, Nintendo was comfortable enough with its staff that it wasn't afraid of poachers. It could give <laughs> right. them their real true names in the credits. Now, Zelda A Link to the Past was also the first Super Nintendo game to be on an 8-megabit cartridge, as opposed to the standard 4-megabit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's definitely a larger. And then it was so large that they also had to do a couple other things to save room, such as uh, it's hard to notice, but the the tiles uh, in the sprites, each tile only has eight colors on it instead of the standard 16 for the Super Nintendo. Oh, really? Yeah, they just did it. They smartly, you know, had Man. things close <laughs> to each other, so it's hard to tell. Uh, it's very hard to tell. I mean, credit to them because um, this game is gorgeous. So <laughs> And the colors are amazing. Yeah. Um, wow. Now, the other thing they did was that the Dark World is not a separate set of maps. Uh, it exists as a basically a graphical overlay to the map set that already existed for the normal world. Gotcha. So, okay. therefore, that saved a bunch of space as well. Cool. Now, there were also a few changes in this game uh, from the Japanese version. You can guess what they all have to deal with. Is it religious iconography? Yes, it is. <laughs> in fact, the subtitle of the Japanese version was The Triforce of the Gods. Oh, so that was gone, and well, we got a link to the past. That's true. They, I mean, in the even at the beginning of the game, you know, the yeah. whatever track mode story, you know, like they they get into some uh, mythology and stuff that you know none of the other ones got that deep into, like the Triforce and the ancient, you know, seers, etc. Mm -hmm. Now there's also um, a church in the original game that was changed to a sanctuary. Oh right, in our version, nah, it's pretty clearly a church. I think, like <laughs> very much so. And then uh, the priest in the game. Became a wizard. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, oddly, in the ancient Halayan language, 
as you can see, it's kind of based on hieroglyphs mm -hmm. or hieroglyphics. For some reason, I don't know why, they edited out a few of them. The vulture and the onk do not appear in the North American version. Wow, that's interesting because the onk is kind of the go-to for like, well, we can't have a cross. We'll use this, but... Yeah, I know. Now, wow. Okay. Well, so they even took <laughs> the onk out. Ugh. Now, I'm not sure about all versions, but I do know the U.S. version also has a, a really interesting secret in it. And that is a special screen that was put in there. It is a non-crash screen. So anytime the game doesn't know what to do with Link, instead of crashing, it pushes him into this room. Oh, yeah? And this room is uh, very special because years before, uh, there was a contest in Nintendo Power. Oh. And you could enter it. And if you won, you would be put in a game. And they never told you what game it would be. Right, right. And most people didn't realize this until many years later in the internet era. Yeah, that's, that's when I found out about like it. Like the Chris Houlihan room? Yes, and that yeah. room is the Chris Houlihan room. He was the one that won this contest. That's crazy. And then you, if you do end up in the room, it says something like, uh, I'm Chris Houlihan. This is my secret room. Don't tell anyone. Yeah. And Did that's you, it. I didn't see it when I played through. I, I kind of forgot about it. I feel like I'm, I don't know if I, don't, I ever went to it. Yeah, I don't know what the legitimate way of getting there is. I'm, I'm pretty sure it always involves some sort of glitching hmm. on your part. And then another thing to note was, uh, at least personally, there was a serialized comic in Nintendo Power that went along with this game. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, vividly. Um, yeah, I mean, it was an amazing adaptation. Well, it's like, you know, you also had the, you know, whatever, good enough, but it was like Mario, how awesome of adventures, you know, you read those, they're fun, but the Zelda one was like hardcore. You yeah, know? it was. And I want to shout out to the illustrator of that, Shotaro Ishinomori. Mm. I love his artwork. That yeah. was so good. I mean, well, I had like, I mean, and it wasn't just straight up the game. You know, there was wasn't there like guy who could turn into a griffin. Mm -hmm. There Remember, was a couple like, of things that they had changed and, and you know added, but I just loved like, oh man, this is something in the Zelda universe, and the yeah. artwork was so cool. It was cool. I mean, it was better than the cartoon. <laughs> now it was also, I think, collected at some point and put into a graphic novel or some sort. So maybe oh. you can check that out. I, yeah, I wonder how many it went on for a while. Uh, 12 issues. 12? Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, was, of course, one of the Super Nintendo's best-selling games. It sold 4.61 million copies. Nice. Yeah, and that's that's just crazy. Uh, it was also remade for the Game Boy Advance, and then it was you know re-released many times over on various systems in the virtual console world. I know I bought it for at least the Wii and the uh, DS or 3DS. Well, so. you know, it's a it's a, a fine a fine game that still delivers, man. Yeah, I can't wait to buy it on the Switch again sometime in the future. <laughs> and then my final note um, is that this game did get its own sequel. There is a 3DS game entitled The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Yeah, and I kept, uh, you know... I've never played that one, but in my mind, before I was, like, taking my notes, like, I kept confusing this, like, titles. Like, I kept wanting to call this A Link Between Worlds and stuff, because it kind of makes more sense. It makes a lot more sense. <laughs> in fact, uh, later on, I was going to ask you, what what is the link to the past we're supposed to to understand? I don't know, man. Like, the, like you would think that the Dark World, it was like you're going back in time, but you're not really. I think that the title, A Link to the Past, refers to... The history of the sages, maybe? Yeah, I mean, or you're the, the, the last The knight, lineage you know? of the knights, yes, exactly. So, I mean, it's there, but uh, I don't know. But that game is an amazing game. It's a, it's a worthwhile sequel, and I would recommend anyone that enjoys this game, definitely go check that one out as well. So, Nick, what kind of game is The Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past? 
This game is, um, well, it's an overhead. It's a 2D kind of action-adventure exploration game. Uh, just, you know, Action similar. RPG. Yeah, yeah. Now, in this game, you are Link. Yep, you're not, back again. Not Zelda. No, no. <laughs> you're still not Zelda. Don't worry, you never will be until yeah. you play Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it will confuse many generations of parents. Sure, sure. But yes, you are Link, the um, hero of legend. In this one, you start out as a, a member of the community, and you have a dad. Yeah, it's a, a much different setting than the first two, you know. And like, many others. Yeah, yeah. Now Link cannot jump, so there is n no jumping at all. No, none of that. Um, you do get, um, I mean, your main way of exploring is using or, you know, interfacing with your environment is your sword. Yes, you have a sword, and the sword acts very much like it did in the first one. Yeah, I mean, you do get a slash now instead mm -hmm. of just a thrust, kind of. So you get a little more side attack, kind of. Yeah, I would say you get a little over a quarter of your like arc. circumference yeah, yeah. is represented in a slashing swing. So I guess that's nothing like the first one. I, I lied there. Well, yeah, it's uh, what it, it does remind me a lot of the uh, NES Willow um, has... Uh, that game is almost like a proto version of this. Like the way the graphics are, the size of the sprites, it resembles, uh, that. this game resembles Willow a lot more. And the slash is straight out of there. Hmm. But one thing that um, I actually kind of like about Willow more is that it gives you the slash. And if you're pressing forward, like, and you attack, you get a little thrust, which gives you a little extra range for, you know, and just, I don't know. Uh, it's something I, I kind of missed when I was playing this par partially. But. For fans of this game, check out that Willow. You'll see what I'm talking about. I see. Now, you can also hold down your attack button, and that will charge up your sword. When you let go, if it's at full charge, you will do a full 360 spin attack. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, when you're charging your sword, you know, you can kind of walk around, and it's like you can run into guys with it, and it'll hurt them. And yeah. uh, it also allows you to, like, strafe angle your shield. Mm -hmm. You can use that to block fireballs, etc. And you can use that straight-out sword to... You know, poke through some grass if you need to. Yeah, yeah. You know, and one thing uh, about this is that many games, you know, your your special attack, your big move 360 thing, it's usually either like all-encompassing, it takes out everything on the screen, which makes it awesome, or it's useless. Now, this one only takes out, you know, what's in that area and only hits it once. But I found myself using it quite a lot throughout the entire game. Yeah, it's, it's very useful, and it's also a way to do a little more damage. It's like twice as strong or something as, as a normal sword slash, I believe. You know, I thought so, but I wasn't 100% certain. It might not be twice. I don't know. It, it's definitely stronger for certain. I was counting some guy's hits. Especially in the boss zone. Yes, yeah. Now, in this game, you have health, and um, it increases throughout the game by finding heart containers, and you also have a magic meter. Mm -hmm. that's, now, that's new to the series. It is. Well, no, I mean, you no had, that's not true. You had one in the second one, but uh, it didn't, you know what I mean? Like, that one grew as you mm -hmm. leveled up. But this stuff, one stays but... constant, kind of. Yes, yeah. You can refill both of those with drops or items that you find in pots. Mm -hmm. And this game has the classic RPG trope of you can pick up any pot in a house or a dungeon or wherever, <laughs> Steal it, throw it, and hopefully there's some treasure inside for you. Nobody minds at all. Now, this is a... Picking up the objects and stuff is a kind of a core gameplay mechanic here that wasn't in a lot of other... You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you weren't really throwing stuff around in the first one or no. the second one. So, you know, it adds another... It's another tool of exploration. Yes. Now, there are only a few what I would call drops in this game. So, let's go over those real quick. Yes. There are hearts. And, uh, you know, I wish the hearts looked a little more like classic hearts when they fell. 
Yeah, they have kind of a, a leafy float down. You and know? it's very cartoony, which it's cool looking, but it doesn't say heart to me right away. Right, right. In the heat of battle, I want something more iconic and simple. Uh. <laughs> and picking up a heart will refill one heart on your health bar. Yes, which will have at least three. That's what you start with. By the end of the game, you can have a full 20. Yes. So now you get new heart containers, uh, a full one after defeating a boss usually. Mm-hmm. And then you can find a fourth of a heart randomly in different parts of the map or hidden here and there. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, a big chunk of your exploring will be chasing around these heart container pieces to, you know, max out your life. And that is common in pretty much every Zelda game. Yeah, yeah. Until we get to the last one, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Well. Which breaks a lot of traditions that this game here, I think, started. Yeah, oh, this is a, I mean, I haven't. I have not played Breath of the Wild, but uh, this is kind of, you know, it's interesting. This is a paradigm shift for the series in certain ways that you see, like, a lot of, like, accepted things of the way a Zelda would be. They almost all come from here. Yeah, I agree. You know, I do love this game, but that's why, for me, I was happy to see Breath of the Wild go back to the first Zelda. Sure. And, and yeah. find inspiration there. I've seen everything we can do out of this formula. Right, right. But along with this formula, you find rupees. Uh, in those pots falling from enemies but we also forgot to say that you can find these drops sometimes by clearing away grass that's true or or running into trees or picking up rocks yeah there's there's uh, quite a few little ways to nose around now rupees are the money of hyrule Mm -hmm. the land of zelda and they come in three different types yeah, you can get the uh, the green ones are worth one rupee. Classic. And and the blue ones are five, which is the same. Yeah, respectable. And then now, introducing the red rupee. Everyone's favorite. Yeah, 20 rupees from this bad boy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. But the one thing I did find about rupees in this game, and I, you know, it's true of many Zelda games, you will get way more than you will ever need in this game. Oh yeah, there was no grinding for rupees here. I was Not, I was like really surprised at points where I was like, I gotta buy something because I'm up to like 999. Yes, indeed. I, I will talk to you about that later where you need to go and get rid of those rupees. <laughs> but I didn't even find any parts in the early part of the game where I had to go scrounge for rupees. Yeah, I not not really, man. Uh, I mean, there's a couple parts where you need like three or five hundred yeah yeah i think not like a the problem flippers are kind of you know what mm-hmm. i mean but i i couldn't believe it like i was i was r- like running out of room for him <laughs> yes it was a more common problem to have too many rupees than none at all yeah which is odd now you will also find a green jar there are two sizes of them a little tiny one and a big old one yeah they're uh the manual calls them magic decanters oh well that's so. fitting because they hold uh magic powder yeah or something i i I mean, they're green, so maybe it's like the magic, the green potion. Okay. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> uh, the small ones refill a little bit of your magic meter, and the large ones refill a larger portion of your magic meter. Then they do a fine job of it. Now, the only way to fill that magic meter up is either through these green jars or by finishing a, a dungeon. Yeah, you'll get your life and your magic replenished at the end of every dungeon. But there are more ways of getting the hearts back. We we didn't forget to mention, I'll throw that in right now. You can find fairies that are flying around. Oh, yeah. um, And those will give you six. Yeah, it's like six six or or eight. Yeah, somewhere in there, yeah. Hearts back. um, And then there are uh, large fairies at fountains. And those will also refill your health entirely. There's quite a few fairies just hidden in different places around... uh, Hyrule and the Dark World. All over. 
Keep your eyes peeled. In fact, you should always have a fairy or two on you. That's that's my personal I, theory. Yeah, I always like well, if you can keep one in your bottle, I always keep one because I'm just a in case two fairy two potion man. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's I always, my loadout. You gotta have at least one just in case you screw up and don't use your potion fast enough and you die. Yes. Because I, I often do. I often, you know, am trying to skirt it too close to the edge. Yeah. And I will just burn right through those last two hearts or whatever yeah, it is. I am a skin flint about that stuff. But yeah, so yeah, that's the other uh, function of the fairy is that if you are depleted all your life and you have one in a bottle, it will come out and restore you to your six or eight hearts and you can fight again. Yes. You will also find scattered around arrows and you'll use those in your bow. In lots of different uh, denominations, you know, you'll see a little arrow, like a number, you know. I've seen 5, 10, and mm-hmm. 15. I've seen like 8. Oh, really? Yeah, and weird numbers of bombs, like usually from enemy drops in dungeons in the dark world mm. or... I wonder if it's because they start with 10, and then if they fire any at you, oh, that's yeah. what's left. I don't know. I don't know. I hope so, because that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. Let us know if you know. Yeah. But then there is one more drop, and it is a classic in the Zelda universe, right there with the arrow. That is the bomb. Oh, yeah. You'll see a lot of bombs in this game, too. And bombs come in many denominations as well. Usually they're 5, 10, 15. But as Nick said, you can find weird numbers dropped from enemies. Yeah, and... Um, they're super useful, though. You they, start with 10, max? I don't think you start... Oh, yeah, max, yes. Yeah, yeah. You don't start with any. You have to find right, them. Right, right. But, I mean, we should say that, you know, like in the first Zelda, you had a max of, like, 8 bombs to start mm-hmm. with. So here you get 10, a little, little boost. And then we'll talk about it later, but uh, just spoiler alert, you can go up to 70 arrows and 50 bombs. Yeah, which is ridiculous, but if you want them and you need them, get them. Man. Oh, I did. I went all the oh, way up. Did you max them all the way up? Yeah. Nice. Well, otherwise I was just going to be wasting money. Right. That's So we'll, yep. we'll get there. Yeah. Now, bombs are used offensively. They will uh, hurt enemies. They have a small fuse on them, a timer, and you can either set them on the ground and then run away, or you can pick them up. And then throw them. Yeah, which changes a lot of the um, strategies that you mm-hmm. can use, as well as, uh, you know, there's a lot of puzzle elements that use that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Definitely. And then bombs can also be used to blow up walls. If you see a crack in the wall or like a weird rubbly spot, it's a great way of getting through a wall that you would either maybe need to use a key on another way. Or yeah. sometimes it's an entirely secret area on uh, its own. It's Yeah, it's just like in the first Zelda, you know, when you're, I mean, you're exploring... Even, uh, you know, not only in dungeons, but outside in the, the rocks and stuff, the cracks are everywhere. Explore them. Now, if you uh, put your sword out and you run into a wall with it, just walking, it will make a little tap-tap noise. And if you do that over a crack that can be blown up with a bomb, it'll make a tinier ting-ting noise. Really? Yes, I, indeed. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a nice little little touch. So Crazy. One more way of figuring out where you need to use that bomb. <laughs> well, those are the drops of the game. And then... I think we need to talk about one of the things that makes the Zelda series so special and what really sets it apart from other games and makes it special to me is its wide variety of items. Oh, yes. Um, You know, that was one of the big things that drew me to the original Legend of Zelda. And um, this one even more so because it expands on your formidable inventory. And it, I think it improves many of the items that were in the first one in, in every way. Oh, you have a huge variety of, you know... And very few of these items are useless. Whereas oh, yeah, yeah. I barely used many of the items in, in one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, yeah, there's a lot less. Um... Many of them are just like a, a key, basically. You have the item, but you just need it to get past a certain point in yeah, Zelda yeah. 1. In this, there are many functions for all of the items. 
So let's begin with um, the most basic. Sure. The sword. Yes, the, the your weapon of choice. You are given the sword and shield very early on in the game by your uncle. Uh, this game starts with you having a nightmare, waking up and realizing that there's trouble. You are contacted telepathically by the princess, I think. Yeah, yeah. And you go to the castle there, you find your uncle, and he gives to you these items as he's dying or hurt. Yeah, he's wounded. And so you start with this basic sword, the fighter sword. And uh, it is a sword, and that's pretty much it. Yep, you can slash away. It's not, uh, you know, later, there, there are actually four levels of sword, so you can upgrade, you'll get the master sword. And this is the first appearance of the named master sword in the series. Yeah, all starts here. Because in Zelda 1, it was the magic sword. Yeah. So this is the first appearance of the master sword. And, uh, of course, like everyone knows, it is found in the Lost Woods. Yeah, and it... Uh... Because you do you have a sword beam before the master sword? I don't think you do. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. And once you have it, then you at full health can use your sword beam. Now this is not like the first game sword beam, and I wish it was. Yeah, I mean this one's a little weirder. It is a squirrelier. It's got a circular pattern. It know? is the fire from Contra. Yeah, so it does get caught on edges of certain things, but it, you you know to counterbalance, you kind of get a wider field of mm -hmm. of, of attack. But but I'm, it's also extremely weak, and it's uh. I really think it looks cool, and yes. I like the sounds it make a lot, but... I like the explosion of lightning that happens when it hits a thing. Yeah, yeah. But it's not that useful, to be honest with you. Uh, I did not find myself keeping up peak hearts just to use it like I do right, in the first Zelda. Right, yeah. To get the Master Sword, of course, you do have to have the three pendants that you will find in the first part of the quest. Mm -hmm. With those, you will be able to pull it from its pedestal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, go kick some uh, Ganon butt with it. Yeah, and then um, it'll be upgraded again twice later, but that's just a strength upgrade, essentially. There's no new powers to it. And the first upgrade is what they call the Tempered Sword, mm -hmm. and that is upgraded by the Dwarven Blacksmiths. Yeah, and then uh, you, you have to get one of them out of the Dark World. Yeah, bring him back to the Light World, reunite the, you know, the partners. And... and then they will take your sword from you, and then you have to wait a while. Yeah, and it's this is another another little nice touch is if you're while you're waiting around you do a hilarious animation when you you know it's just like you're using a sword but don't have one. Yeah, I know because I went and did some side quest stuff, oh, and then yeah. I forgot that I didn't have my sword, <laughs> and went to a dungeon and was far oh, into really? that dungeon until I realized I don't have a sword on me. What were you just using items and stuff? I was like hookshotting everything because <laughs> it was at a place where like the hookshot was what you were supposed to use in a lot of enemies. Right, right. and it was the ice palace, so you also were using your fire rod. Right, right. So you're not using your sword very much in those first, like, five or six rooms. Oh, man. But once I figured it out, I was like, oh, what have I done? And I was like, man, the amount of backtracking it took to go get that my sword. That sucks. <laughs> it was a very foolish feeling moment, I'll tell you what. But you know what? It's worth it. You go back and you get that sword, and man, it is much stronger and just super awesome. Yeah, and it's got a cool um, orange blade. Yes. Now, towards the very, very end of the game, you have access to... The giant bomb, mm -hmm. and you can use it to find a fairy, which will transform your final, the tempered sword, into the golden sword. Yeah, which is now, it's finally reached its peak power. Yeah, it's four times the power, and man, any enemy that is in the like first two tiers of enemy, they oh, just yeah. swat it away and explode. one-hit kills, man, yeah. A lot of things that would jump away from you or take two hits, it's just really satisfying to just strike them down, Slice keep them. mowing on. And those are your swords, but 
almost equally important to the sword is the other first item you get, and that's that shield. Yeah. And when you start, you just have a basic fighter shield, and it will block, like, I don't know, some dinky, dinky projectiles. Yeah, like uh, arrows or those little, like, they throw, like, tridents, or some of the soldiers throw these little things. You can block them. Or I, And I'm pretty sure you can swat them away with your sword as well. Okay, so, with uh, good timing. Yeah, but... Uh, but pretty soon, you're going to want to upgrade that shield. And uh, when you do, you have to go find this, uh, was it the wishing? Yeah, well, the waterfall of wishing, yeah. And you can upgrade a bunch of stuff there. Yeah. So one of the things is the shield, and you, and then it becomes the red shield. Yeah, and now you can block fireballs. So yeah, it's so nice. Pretty much, it's kind of like the equivalent of the magic shield in mm-hmm. the uh, original uh, Legend of Zelda. And it's, it's it's a little bit bigger. Like, it just change on your sprite. Oh, yeah, and I think it looks cool, man. It does look cool. But not as cool as the final shield, the mirror shield. Yeah, this one's, um, there's a few things that your red shield won't block, like those laser eyeball lasers. Lasers. Now, now you can block them, uh, and uh, it's a, got a really, you know, reflective, like, it looks like a mirror, so. And it's huge. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty cool looking all around. And you get that mirror shield, um, it's a dungeon item somewhere, I think it's in Turtle Rock? Yeah, it's towards the end, it's, uh, Very it's one end of the, of the dungeon game. treasures, yeah. So those are the two things you're going to have on you always. You can never unequip the shield, although it can be stolen. Yeah, you can buy them back in stores in the Dark World. Okay. but uh, I had mine stolen briefly, but I managed to kill the enemy quick enough to get it back. Yeah, those weird, like, I don't know. pumpkin-looking things with the tongue? Yeah. I don't know if they're just, like, new versions of like-likes, but they'll, yeah. I dislike them. They'll get you. They'll get you. I dislike them a lot. (laughs) And so you always have the shield on you, and it just blocks automatically if you're standing still or, or not swinging your sword, actually. If you're right. walking, it will still block, but it has to hit the front of you. It has to hit where the shield is. Yeah, yeah. So that's unique. And then you will never unequip the sword. That is always your attack button. Yeah. Those so are... those things are always with you. Always. Now, there's another thing that's always with you, and that is your armor. Yeah, you get three colors of armor. You know, just like in the first game. Yeah, pretty much. Um, now, you start with your standard green. Which is just clothing, I believe. They mm-hmm. don't they don't list it, but the then you will eventually get it uh, upgraded to the blue mail. Yes, which, uh, you find that in the ice palace, I believe, and and that takes uh, all damage is reduced by half. Is yeah. that correct? Yep, yep. And so then, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, just like the blue ring, and then mm-hmm. you know later on uh, you will find the red mail, which just like the red ring decreases it down to a quarter. So. But it's like in the last dungeon, I think. Yeah, it's yep. kind of annoying. I know, just like the red ring. Come it's on, like, guys, <laughs> give it to me like one dungeon before that. Let me run around on the overworld and just tear it up. Well, I Anything. mean, even the blue mail is like, it's only like three dungeons before that. You know, yeah, like they're yeah. both really kind of late. Like, I really wanted that blue mail, man, because. Oh, me too. Because that the, dungeon, that ice dungeon gave me a ton of trouble. I mean, not even just a lot of the enemies in the dark world are strong. Like you'll be taking two or three hearts of damage for, you know, like. Yeah, I died a lot more in the dark world portion of this game than I really thought I would. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, it ain't it ain't for the the faint of heart. No. But you know, there is a whole lot more items to go through here. So let's get moving on. Yes. There is the Pegasus boots. Yeah, these um also you, these are not equipped. They're just kind of automatically on you once you find them. And oh, and so so wonderful they are. Yeah, you get the dash attack now, which is uh, also permanently mapped to your A button. You hold it down, you do a little charge up and then you run. And yeah. it's not only a great attack, but it's just a great way to move quickly through areas. Oh, yeah. Um, if you hit any, you know, perpendicular wall, you will, like, 
you know, bounce off it and uh, kind Which, of be stunned for a second. Yes. But. And I used to have a problem with that. And I feel really dumb because all you have to do is hit left, right, or backwards, oh, yeah. and you will stop that run. Yeah. If you're timed right, you can, yeah, it can save you a lot of time when you're running all the way across, you know, before you get shortcuts. Definitely. But you can also use it to ram down certain weakened walls. They have a different kind of crack that looks different than a bomb crack. Mm -hmm. It's got like a kind of a circular pattern around it. Yes. And you can just ram right through those and, and then find more treasures. You can also use it to knock items off of bookshelves or pedestals. Mm, if yeah. you see an item on top, i.e., you know, a book mm, or oh. maybe a key, yeah, you can knock those down. And then you can also use these boots to run into the the statue at the fairy fountain in the Lake Hylia, and that will send forth a good bee. Oh, yeah, the special bee. And yeah, you can yeah. capture that bee. Yeah. I, and it's pretty awesome. I I remember liking it a lot like uh, when I played through it when I was young, mm -hmm. but I actually didn't mess with it this time. I did, and I'm so sad that I lost the bee and I just never went back for it. Because certain rooms, if you've got a lot of enemies in them, it's great. Toss that bee out, and he just goes to town, killing tons of guys while you're also doing your thing. Yeah, yeah. He'll clear the room, right, and then come back to you. Yeah, and so. then you have to catch him again with your net. Right. Nice. Yeah. Um. I. I was a fan back in the day, like I said, but uh, I didn't. Uh, I couldn't remember where exactly. I was like, I know somewhere you mm -hmm. get that bee, but I didn't come across him, and I didn't think to search. So then the next item is the hilariously named power glove. Yeah. No. That's. It's so bad. Got to be a reference, man. And it's a weird sprite, though. What did they call it? The Power Glove in Zelda Two? I can't remember. I, can't, I don't know either. But man, the sprite is really weird on this thing. It it looks like a like a demon claw thing, like gauntlet. Yeah. Like it's it's a lot more involved than I and <laughs> intense. Thought. It looks cool though. And it will uh, give you extra strength, so you can pick up the the light green large boulders and the light green rocks with this. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, there are two sizes of boulders. Some are very massive that you'll you know. You'll see them along the way, and you'll be like wondering how I, when will I be able to move these? And you don't equip this. This is another thing. Like the boots, there's just a, a power you have. Yep, yep. And then you upgrade that with the Titan's Mitt. Yeah, which is a golden kind of looking power glove. And then you can pick up the dark green big rocks and small rocks with this, and it lets you access a lot more hidden areas. Yeah, yeah. See, next on the list is the Zora's Flippers, another non-selectable item. Mm-hmm. And uh, these let you explore. There's parts of the map that are in, you know, the deep water. You know, there's water you can wade through mm -hmm. kind of in the marsh and stuff. But, uh, you know, in the rivers and stuff, you can't really uh, move around in there. So until you get these and then now you can swim. Yeah. And if you uh, tap the A button, I think, while you're swimming, you do like a breaststroke. You move a little quicker, a little further. Yeah, you get a little boost. It's pretty nice. Uh, those yeah. flippers cost 500 rupees and you buy them from a Zora. I think this is the first appearance of the Zoras. Somewhere in the top right of the map. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, they were enemies in the first one, but... I'm sorry, yes, as a race yeah, of, yeah, no, of speaking creatures. Definitely. Now, next up, we have the Moon Pearl. The Moon Pearl, yeah. This um, is another non-equipped item that just mm -hmm. allows you to retain your true shape in the Dark World. Yeah, so it's not cool at all. Yeah. So, another item, another set of items that you don't use and actually don't do anything are the pendants. There's the pendant of courage, power, and wisdom. I don't know yeah. where we heard those words before, mm. but you have to find those to be able to unlock and use the master sword. Yeah, they're, they're just early quest objectives. They are. And so are the crystals that serve the same purpose in the Dark World side of the quests as well. Right, they're your MacGuffins. Let's get into the equipment that you definitely use actively you gotta yeah, switch yeah. to 
These are almost all mapped to your Y button. Yes, indeed. And uh, let's start with the classic, the bow. Yeah, the bow. Um, this is, uh, you get a lot more, I mean, now you actually have arrows as a stat instead of, you know, it just consuming rupees. Right. So, um, and as we said, you can get up to 70. The yeah, one thing yeah. about the bow in this one is there is a little bit of time as you load the arrow on and fire it. Yeah, there's a, yeah. It's yes. not instantaneous, and that takes a little while to get used to. Yeah, and uh, because of that, I didn't use it as much as I would in the first one. Agreed. Like, um, the first one is really fast, and I mean, sometimes you're, it's, um, certain enemies are like weak against it, or just, you know, you, you have to use it, and you can, and it's fine. And that's when I mainly used it. I didn't use it that much. And then the bow, uh, it can be upgraded. Eventually, you toss it into the final wishing well. Yeah. And you are rewarded with silver arrows from it. Yeah, which are, are a lot stronger and, um, st you know, worth using now maybe, but still slow. So, yeah. Slow bow. Next up, we have my favorite item in this and many games, and that's the boomerang. Yeah, the, um, you get uh, just like uh, the first one, uh, your boomerang can be upgraded as well. And it works the exact same way. Yeah. Now, I will say I don't enjoy it as much as the first one. Yeah, I it feels a little slower or something. Well, I'll tell you why, and I think this is the reason. This game is not as rigidly squared as the first one. That's the true. Enemies don't spend their time in squares, yeah. a gridded area on the map. They are more free-moving. Well, yeah, everyone can move four or eight directions. you know. So, therefore, it's a lot harder to be as perfectly aimed with that boomerang. Yeah, yeah, like you were in the first one. So, but you know, it is a great item, and it stuns enemies, a lot of enemies, not all of them. But the other thing I find it's really useful for is, uh, you know, it always comes back to you. So therefore, I I would use it a lot to throw it out and then stun the enemy on its return. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then it can also be used to hit switches of a certain type, the crystal switches. Yeah, super yeah. handy there as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's lots of areas where items will drop in places you just physically cannot walk. So. It helps to, you know, you can grab them. The boomerang will grab them, but even better than that is the magic boomerang. Yeah, it's a, uh, this is the red one, right? Correct. It starts off blue. Now mm -hmm. the red one you get uh, at the waterfall of wishing, I believe. That is correct. Upgrade your boomerang and um, it's just a full screen now. Uh, maybe a little faster, I think. Uh, yep, but pretty much the same. I think it is the same strength. Yeah. Now similar to the boomerang and a lot of people's favorite is the hook shot. Yeah, I, um... First appearance in the Zelda series and became a mainstay. Yeah, it's uh, it's one that I actually used this a little more than the boomerang, I think. I wanted to, but, you know, I found myself going back to the boomerang. Well, it doesn't go diagonal like the boomerang. Yeah, so and I do that. a lot of diagonals. And I also, like I said, get a lot of hits on the back of the boomerang on its return. And the hookshot is only fired in one of the cardinal directions. Yeah. So you're, you're limited there. And then my other big sticking point on the hookshot is you are stuck when you're firing it. Until oh, it comes yeah. back to you, you are not moving anywhere. It's true, it's true. With the boomerang, you can be running and gunning, and I enjoy that a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, the hookshot's real use is as a grappling hook, essentially. Where yes. You can use it to um, pull yourself across chasms or certain things, as mm -hmm. long as there's some sort of certain objects. Treasure chests, uh, pots, skulls, skulls yeah. um, wooden stakes. Yeah, yeah. There's a variety of things that will allow you to pull yourself across. They're pretty suspiciously placed, you can tell, mm -hmm. nine times out of ten. And then on top of that, you know, the hookshot does still stun enemies like the boomerang, but it is more powerful, so it will also kill certain enemies with one hit. Yeah, there are certain guys, too, the electric ones, it won't shock you, which is really counterintuitive, uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, like those jellyfish and stuff. If they're oh, you need up, that. 
for them. Yeah, it's uh, it's good. And it will also stun enemies that the boomerang no longer does. Oh, yeah? Okay. So, like, uh, red skeletons and things that are impervious to the boomerang will be stunned by the hookshot. Mm. So, up next, we have the mushroom. Uh, yeah, this is a... Uh, you find it in the Lost Woods. Find it once, uh, take it to the potion shop. And then you can buy potions. Um, yeah, well, and she makes the magic powder out of it as well. Oh, that's right, and she gives you the magic powder. So it's like you, that's another one you have to wait a little while for, but you get that, and uh, there you go. So it is really a key to opening the magic powder, and the magic powder is uh, a little bag of magic powder. Yeah, you, and when you use it, you throw a little sprinkle of it out in front of you. And it has a wide variety of effects. Now, I mainly used it for one thing and one thing only. Is that the uh, anti-fairies? Yes, and that is, uh, there are these small skulls with red dots circling around them. They are known as anti-fairies. Which are similar, I think, uh, you know, to those guys in uh, Zelda 2, the skulls that move around in the exact same patterns. I would agree. Now, if you sprinkle magic powder on an anti-fairy, it becomes a fairy, which is very useful. Oh, yeah. Um, it's... Uh, so many dungeons later on in the game have these all over the place, and it turns a bad thing into a good thing because it allowed me to keep my life up a lot and, you know, Definitely. make, make my ma uh, magic potions last. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it will also turn an angry bee into a fairy. Oh, yeah? Yes, because in the uh, dark world, there's a lot of bees in uh, grass. Or, yeah, or trees. Some of these trees you'll hit, and then, like, a swarm, you'll get, like, 10 or 12 of them will come out. and Watch out, man. Yeah, so just magic powder them. It's one of those items I was like, I'm really going to play around with that, and I never really did. <laughs> well, there's one spot where you have to use it to get the half magic upgrade at that weird altar. Yes. Underground by the smithy. Oh, and the guy says he's cursing you? Yeah, the weird, well, it's like he keeps saying good stuff, then bad stuff, and he keeps going back and forth, and you think you're getting cursed, but... What he really does is change it so the top of your magic meter says one half now. Now, all of your spells only require half the magic, so it's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, because um, later on, there's a lot of really magic-heavy dungeons, and I, without that, I don't know how you'd do it. Agreed, because let's talk about one of these magic items you need to use that does use your magic bar, and that is the fire rod. Yeah, uh, the fire rod. Well, there's you know, there's the fire rod and the ice rod. So, yes, there's a fire rod and an ice rod. Continue. Um, the, this, the fire rod you won't get till kind of later in the dark world, but the ice world you can get, or ice rod you can get very early, actually. Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, but they both fire like an elemental, you know, one shoots fire, one shoots ice. The ice one is really good against a lot of enemies. If you get it real early, there's a lot of enemies that it will, like, just destroy. Oh, yeah, a lot of, like, desert enemies. Mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The fire rod can be used to uh, light torches as well. Yeah, and uh, they both use magic. Now, the ice rod, you just find in a cave yeah, in mean, the overworld. <laughs> yeah. So, good luck. Go find it. And you can use it pretty early in the game. Yeah, it's it's down in the uh, southeast corner by Lake Hylia. Now, the fire rod is actually a dungeon item. It's a reward for beating... Or it's a reward in the ice dungeon, I think. Yeah, somewhere. Ice palace. I think. So, again, you don't get that till much later on. And then it's mainly used for uh, killing mummies and lighting torches. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, there's quite a few torch puzzles. It's like, you know, the timing-based ones where you got to... You gotta light all these torches as fast as you can, and you don't—you can't use your lantern. Not, no, not fast enough. Which is the other item we'll talk about real quick, and that's a lamp. You get that real early on. Yeah, yeah. maybe the first item you get. I think so. Yeah. You use it to light torches. These are like big uh, braziers or whatever. Yeah, in you, these get, rooms. you get a little burst of flame in front of you. That... But it also uses some of your magic. Um, uh, what does not consume magic is in 
total dark areas, you'll get a little um, area of illumination around you so you can see your immediate surroundings. And it's cool because it's it's kind of like out from you. Yeah, you an get interesting a, pattern. Yeah, you get a, a neat little kind of angle. It's kind of it's a very much fancier torch from Dragon Warrior. Yeah, this is in the chest in your house where you wake up, so you right. should be getting it right away. You also can find three medallions in this game. Magic medallions. Yes, and... two of them are you have to find. They are you must use them to open palaces yeah. in the dark world. And they are all very expensive. You have the bombos. Yes. Which is the one you get kind of near the desert. Now, this is the one you don't need, correct? I believe so, yeah. It is. I actually, I don't think I ever used any of these once this last plate. They're they're big and strong. They're like a full screen hit thing. I did. There's a few areas where this really, really handy. Now, the Bombus, I think I only used once. There's a boss yeah. or a mini boss that this just utterly destroys. The only, okay, the only one I remember using from um, my youth was the ether because mm -hmm. that's like a, is that a lightning one? Like so that's the second one, yeah. The ether is the lightning spell. And, uh, you know, the bomb one creates fire. It spins around on the screen and kills everything. Mm -hmm. The ether is lightning. It, it uh, lightnings everywhere and then, you know, shocks everything. And it will also light up any hidden... Uh, passages like if you're in a black room with black oh, floors yeah. it'll light up that floor for a moment okay cool and you use it to uh open up one of the later palaces as well yes now you find the ether that's up on death mountain somewhere in death mountain yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh yeah you have to have the master sword to get that okay and then the final medallion is the quake medallion now you use it to get into turtle rock yeah in a very lackluster... Uh, yeah, it was a little disappointing. I feel like they left out... Lo, lo, I feel like they ran out of money yeah, by the time they got to that. Like, this part. could have used a few frames instead of a fade. Right. Um, but it is a pretty cool effect. Yeah. It I shoots mean, out like a green kind of lightning-ish thing all over the ground and shakes it all. Yeah. And damages all the enemies? I mean, are, will yeah. they hurt flying enemies? I would assume so. Okay. I haven't... Yeah. Like I said, I didn't use any of these because like, they're just so expensive magically. And then after the lightning goes through them and doesn't actually kill the enemies, it turns them into non-threatening versions of themselves. And uh, oh, weird! It's kind of crazy. You find this one. It's one where you find it like you throw dark something world. in the puddle in the dark world. Remember, you throw uh, in that circle of stones. Yeah, you get it from a fish. Yeah, in the over near Lake Hylia. Now, of these medallions, you mainly use them once or twice. But I found the ether to be super useful. I used it a lot of times when it would be rooms full of whiz robes. Oh, yeah? There's like five whiz robes. As soon as they appear, ether, they're all dead. Take them all out. One hit. Nice. You don't have to... I mean, that just saves you so much headache. Yeah, yeah. And if it's a dungeon where you're not using a lot of magic otherwise, it'll be refilled before you hit the boss. Right, right. No sweat. Now, also in this game, returning from Zelda 2, is the magic hammer. Yeah, um, and you'll be using it a lot more. Uh, maybe not more, but it's a... Totally different. You're not destroying blocks with it anymore. Um, now it's just a hammer that you use to pound stakes, etc., mm -hmm. into the ground. Weird blue, uh, puttyish stakes. Also, uh, yeah, there are some weird ones. Um, but then there are enemies that are weak to it. There are some that you can't hurt at all. But if you use the hammer, it will flip them over. Yeah, there's like those turtles. There's mm -hmm. a few ones. Um, there's the dude with the armored uh, helmosaur. Yeah, you it helps with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, um, yeah, yeah, it's just decent enough. I didn't use it a whole lot outside of when you're required to. No, and you find it in the first dungeon in the Dark World, so it's you get it pretty early on. Well, this is another one of those big, like, okay, now you have opened up a chunk of the map, or there's a lot of areas I can go back, like, now I can finally get to this little nook and cranny because there were hammer spots in the way. And many of the warp tiles, the tiles you find that will switch you from the Light World to the Dark World, are cordoned off by some uh, things you need to pound down with this mallet. Yes. I know at least in the dark forest, or the lost woods, and the uh, yeah, yeah. swamp area. Yeah, both I, of those. I know there's that one up in uh, Turtle Rock. Oh, and that, and that one is a pattern you have to do on top yeah, of yeah. just having the mallet. P.S. That pattern is right, top, left. You know what? I didn't even know that was a pattern. I just did it right, I guess. I didn't even think about it. Oh, if you don't do it in order, you have to leave the screen and come back. You get a little burnt, burnt. Yeah. Okay. Ha! <laughs> Lucky me. Lucky indeed. Now, after the hammer, we have the shovel, and it's pretty lackluster. Yeah, and well, it's a it's kind of a temporary item. You're not going to be using it very long. No, it's only in your equipment in a zone for a little while, and you use it to find a, an ocarina that they call a flute. Yep. I wish this they was, called it an ocarina. Well, it was before, man. Like, uh, it was before the ocarina of time, so... But this is the first appearance of an ocarina. It is definitely an ocarina. It's not a flute. No. Like the other ones, it looks like a flute or a recorder, but this is an ocarina. Yeah. The graphics are, the fidelity is there to show you. It's a little blue ocarina, but hey, you, you use the shovel to go dig in some flowers and find it for a, a kid in the past or yep. the dark yeah. world. <laughs> but, you know, if you find it, the boy will give you that ocarina. And it's called a flute in your inventory. Yeah. And the flute is pretty cool. It works the same way as it does in Zelda 1. Yeah, it's instead of summoning a whirlwind. Well, I mean, after you use it in the um, in the town, you know, there's a weather vane that will mm-hmm. kind of crack open, and then a, a weird duck comes out. Yes, a really cute duck. Uh, you know, I, I love it, but it was like, I forgot that, you know, until I saw the sprite, where I was like, that is a duck. Like, that is not just a bird. No, it is a totally a duck. It's got to be a duck. And, and you blow on that uh, ocarina, the duck will swoop in and pick you up, and then you've got... Is it eight points on the map you can be dropped off at? It? Yeah, you can choose. You can just select it. Yeah, you can choose. You don't cycle through it like uh, Which on is the first a, one. That's a big upgrade. <laughs> Definitely a huge upgrade. Let's see here. You also have a bug catching net. Yeah, one of your or earlier items. You'll you get. get that from a kid in Kakariko Village. Yeah, and uh, you can use it for, I mean, it's mainly for fairies but there, mm-hmm. or bees. Yes. Uh, you can also use it to catch some other thing. Oh, I the know. good bee. It will also, um, interestingly enough, um, you can use it to deflect Aghanim's shots back at him as well as your sword. Oh, all right. Now, south of that Kakariko village in the bookshop, you can use your Pegasus boots to find the Book of Madura. Yeah, it's uh, up on top of a bookshelf. You ram it off, and then you just use this to get the medallions, more or less. You have to get certain areas. I think it opens the second dungeon, too, in the light world. Any place that has... Uh, Hyrulean words you can't read. If you use this book, it will translate that for you. Yeah, the um, most of them are entrances to dungeons or that like obelisk. You'll see these obelisks yes. looking things with old scriptures on it. Another staple of the Zelda series, you can get a few bottles in this game. Yeah, you have four total, up to four. Yeah, you have three for most of the game. Yeah, I mean you can get two in the it's right away. Pretty and much. you should. Yeah, oh, yeah. These because are very important. Yeah, as we said, bottles can store a wide variety of things. Uh, once you have access to the magic shop, they can store potions. Yeah, there yeah. are three different types of potions. There is the red potion. Yeah, this is the one um, that fills up all your life. You will be using this a lot. Oh, I had so much money, I never bought one. I uh, I did at the beginning. There's also the while. green potion. 
and that just refills your magic. Yeah. But the potion I always I bought use a... is the blue potion. Oh, yeah. This is the big one because it refills both. And a lot of times I would use it and my magic meter would not even be empty. Yeah, I mean, pretty quickly I realized, I was like, I'm drowning in so much money, I'm not even, I'm just getting the blue one just in case, you know? Exactly. Um, but you also, if you throw a empty bottle into the Waterfall of Wishing, it will come back full of green magic. Which is almost useless. Yeah, but... You uh, also get a there. <laughs> bottle of green magic from uh, the witch. The first time that you go to her, she will fill up your bottle. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, if you talk to the girl inside of the store, she'll give you a free sample of the red potion. So if you just need a quick fill up your life, it's, a, you know... Not a bad way to do it. Mm-hmm. Of course, the bottles hold bees, good bees and bad bees. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but most importantly, fairies. Yeah. You want to keep a fairy or two in a bottle... And like we said, if you die and there's a fairy in the bottle, it will automatically pop out and refill your health. And I mean, honestly, for at least the beginning of the game, you don't even need the magic potions because you don't, you know, the fairy will still fill you up all the way. So it's just as good. Now, you can also just release a fairy from a bottle and you don't need to be dead for it to happen. You can, right, you can right. release it at any point at any level of health you have. Any, any way you want it. Indeed. Now, there are two... Count it two canes in this game. Yes. There is the cane of Samoria. Yeah. Or Samaria. Is, yeah, the red one. Uh, this is a dungeon item. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. I like what it does. I Yeah, I like it a lot. I just wish it was used in more than like one dungeon. But Yes. And what it does is it creates a block. As in many Zelda games, there are puzzles where you have to, you know, Push something onto a block. Yeah, pushing a, a block switch. On, a, yeah, on a switch or something. And this will create a block that you can just leave on the switch. It's quite wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And now, then, I guess you can get this out of order. If you want to, you can go to this dungeon one early, and mm-hmm. it will allow you to, sh- to skip some parts of the dungeon before it oh, by having this item. I can see that now that I know what you mean. So you don't have to drop blocks from... You don't have to drag the statues around that and, you normally would. Now, when you create an item or a block with this... uh staff then you can also like detonate it with a second push and it shoots out four you know it shoots out a blast in like four directions yeah lightning bolts and they're really powerful and pretty cool you know i never used it in combat i wish i would have just to see but i mean by this point in the game i was so strong i'm like yeah whatever (laughs) if you find an area with a, a wire on it and a little skull you can also use this cane there and it will create a block that's a platform to stand on yeah and then you can ride on these weird tracks and there's some puzzles with that you know right that's uh, pretty interesting. But you only have to use it once. Once you've put it on the track, it will remain there until you leave the room. Yes. <clears throat> so, yeah. And now, so what's up with this uh, blue Staff of Burnham you were uh, alluding to earlier? Because well, I didn't even use this once. Nick and I had talked a little bit before the show, and I asked him if he had gotten this next item, the Cane of Burna. I think I had gotten it once or twice in the past uh, and through different playthroughs in my youth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I had it, and I remember, you know, experimenting with it, but never too much. And Same here. But the Cane of Berna is now my MVP of the item list. Lock of the week. So the Cane of Berna uses magic, like all of these other items that are magical. And what it does is a spark will pop out of Link and spin around him. Right, it orbits it you. orbits you, and it will hurt many things if you run into it with it. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, while that spark is spinning around you, you are invincible, my friend. Just completely invincible? completely invincible from the many things I I went up against with it. Oh, wow. Okay. I used it to slash through many a boss, run through line owls, uh, make my way past enemies I didn't want to fight. So would you say this, uh, does it use magic? It uses less magic than 
the next item we're going to talk about. Okay. And that is the magic cape. Gotcha. But I will say one more thing about this. The cane of burden, I will point out what bosses I use it on. But ones where you have to get in close and slash away, it changes everything. Does a lot more damage to them? No. I mean, it just means you can run right into it and just keep attacking and never have to worry about taking a hit. Crazy. I mean... I found many of the bosses in this game to be so ridiculously easy because of this cane. I couldn't <laughs> nice. believe it. That's awesome, man. I'll, I'll definitely have to explore that out. Check it out. Definitely. Now, we also mentioned the magic cape. And uh, this is a magic cape. Oh, by the way, that cane of Berna, it is in a weird, weird spot. And you have to have the magic cape to get it. Right, right. So it's somewhere in Death Mountain in a very... Well, it's uh, one of those spots where it's like you have to go over all the spikes to get it, right? Yeah, a lot of spikes. And you need to have this magic cape to do it. Because the magic cape, it also makes you invincible, but also invisible. Yeah. Which is key, because then uh, things don't see you to attack, also. Yeah. And there are certain, um, there are these bumpers you'll come up against in many spots, uh, dungeons that, you know, knock you back, possibly into a pit. But this will allow you to walk through them. Yeah. You find this also in a, a cave in... Death Mountain, I think, possibly in the Dark World or whatever. I think so, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, because I, I think you might, if you have enough hearts, you might be able to make it to that blue cane without this. Um, I believe it. Because I was out of magic, even with my, you know, I had to walk out mm-hmm. on the spikes, and I almost died. But I was able to make it, you know, with 10, 11. So maybe you could get there even earlier, you know, just take the damage and then die when you leave and it, just start over, you know? Yeah, I think it would be very worth it. Mm, that's crazy. Cool. I'd like to see how early you could get that cane. But the magic cape, it uses a lot of magic. That's his downside. Yeah. And there's only about two points in the game where you have to use it. Yeah, and I mean, even then, you only have to use it for a few seconds. You can turn it back off by just tapping your Y button. So. And as I found out the true power of the cane of Berna, uh, any place that I would have to use the magic cape, I almost always just use the cane instead because it used less magic over time. Nice. Well, there is one more item to talk about the final item and that is the magic mirror yeah you get uh, it's a magic little hand mirror that allows you to uh travel back from the dark world to the light world yes it only works that way and you have to be on a space that is the same in both worlds yeah you can't warp inside a tree or something it'll just automatically kick you back to the dark world correct now once you have warped to the light world there is a little glimmer Yes, where you came from. And you can teleport back to the dark world from that point. Yeah. So you need to actually leave your spot fairly quickly once you've teleported or else you will just automatically go back. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes get hit by an enemy into it and then go back. And you can also use the magic mirror to teleport yourself to the entrance of a dungeon, of any dungeon. Yeah, that's another useful fun fact that I'm not sure they tell you about in the game. But it does create some really interesting situations because... You will oftentimes want to use that mirror in a place to get to the light world, which will give you, which will give you access to an area you couldn't get to before. Usually, there's a heart container there or some other wonderful. Yeah, thing. some place where it's like there's no ladder going up there, but there is one in the dark world, so mm-hmm. you can go up there and warp back because you know, like you mentioned before, they're the same map essentially. Yes, essentially. Now that does it for all of our wonderful items in the game. And you find these items by hitting your start button. It will take you to a amazing, you know, very colorful uh, menu screen. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, similar to the uh, Zelda one, you know, where you have your big box that tells you what you've got in, you know, to select with your Y. 
yeah. button and uh, you know it shows you all your equipment and stuff to switch items you do have to hit start and then move around and then select them yeah it's very annoying i wish it was on the shoulder buttons yeah but by the end of this game you will be a master the one thing you don't want to do is is mouse over or i mean you know go over the bottles that oh, slows yeah. you down and you get stuck <laughs> in the sub menu yeah. it's annoying yeah but otherwise you get real quick at switching between your items uh you know from that start menu. Sure. Now, also in that menu zone, you get to see, you know, what you've collected in terms of, you know, pendants, triforce, mm-hmm. pieces of the heart, any of that kind of stuff. Crystals, what level your swords and armor, etc. shield. Yeah, it's a nice, handy little, you know, information screen. It shows it all. If you hit select, you can either uh, save and continue, save and quit, or something else. Yeah, no, that is a nice thing that you can just, you know, you don't have to die to save no. and quit. Agreed. Now, if you hit your uh, Y button... That is using your item. Mm-hmm. If you hit your X button, that is your map. Yeah. and You get two maps. Yeah, you get the a close-up map and the, the zoomed-out full um, the, the close-up map, map is kind of at a three-quarters view. Yeah. So it's at a little angle. It's all mode 7, rocking yeah. it as hard as can be. And then you do get your zoomed-out version. And those maps are good enough for you to be able to plan your route, I think, fairly well. Oh, yeah. And um, you also get an auto map in the dungeons, which um, the dungeon maps are great. They, you know, unlike... The first, uh, the Legend of Zelda, you know, all the all the rooms in the dungeons aren't just squares, or you right. Know, they all have different dimensions and sizes. They are and accurate to what they were. Very accurate. All the um, exits and stuff are indicated um, accurately, and it even shows your position, not just in what room you're in, but like where you are in the room, like to the spot. Like I yeah, was really impressed, pixel. man. Yeah, it's uh, hats off to you guys at Nintendo. It is wonderful, and you know, I think that's it for our gameplay section, and it's time to move on. So, Nick, what was your personal history with this game? Um, I owned this game as a child, and I have loved it since it was released. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. You know, after that first Zelda, I was a Zelda fan for life, until I played Zelda 2, and I was very confused about my uh, Zelda feelings. I like Zelda 2. But... I know you do, but, you know, when I saw Zelda 3, and, and, and when I saw... When I saw A Link to the Past previewed in Nintendo Power, oh, I knew I had to have it. It looked like everything I wanted out of uh, of the old uh, Zelda, man. but Super Nintendified. Well, and um, one thing that I very specifically remember about this game was, um, you know, it was one of the early, you know, it was on the side of the Super Nintendo box and yeah. stuff. And it was like, you know, you didn't get release dates. They weren't like, this will be out in April. No. In fact, I... I could be wrong. I'll double check, but I believe they said it would be out in December. And Nintendo Power's not so uh, trustworthy, you know. Like, oh, yeah, it was always off. So I asked for this for Christmas, mm-hmm. and imagine my dismay when it was not available. And my parents asked me if I wanted something else, and I was like, "No, I'll wait. Surely it'll be here in January." Or week after week went by with Nick calling the poor guy at the video game uh, department in Myers and bugging him <laughs> every day. Did you guys got Zelda yet? He's like, no, we don't. We only get a truck once a week, and I'm like, I'll, I'll call tomorrow just in case. He's like, no, it can't happen. I was like, I'll check, you know. So I harassed some ten, some poor guy, or maybe an entire shift of people probably hated my guts. But eventually, it showed up. And uh, what month was that? I'd Do you never remember? Back. I I thought I remembered as March, but when you said April, I mean, I knew it was in there because it was like springtime. I remembered this staying up late in my basement room. I just had my own room in the basement, and I would look at the Nintendo Power and redraw all these maps or make all these, you know, all this weird stuff, drawing all the Zelda stuff and staying up listening to uh, Z93, which was a weird pop 90s music. pop dance. Yeah. yeah, it's a weird uh, 
very weird for me too. <laughs> but uh, so there's a certain months of like what '92 where I'm I was very very well versed in that uh, the pop music that was popular then. Yeah, I played the crap out of this game when I got it. I mean, because like you said, it was right before summer, and that summer, um, you know, I came back to Ohio, stayed uh, with my best friend and my dad over the summer, but left the mm. Nintendo at his place, and I mean, that was a, a go-to constant. Oh, it's a great game, man. So then, Nick, what was your more recent experience with this game? Um, I uh, I beat this game again. Um, over how many playthroughs? I'm going to say six to eight, somewhere in there. I, I didn't really keep track, but it was like the first time I had almost, you know, my first playthrough, I almost beat the light world. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I was taking a couple dungeons at a time or, you know, I would go, I frequently would go back where I'm like, now I'm doing a backtrack and finding items. Okay. And then I would just, I would find one or two, but I, then I'd remember I can't get most of them yet. Like, I, you know, I was going out of order kind of, I didn't have the Titans mitt or blah, blah, blah. Right. So, so yeah, I played it like four times. Each time was a marathon. Like I, I put right. in, you know, like three or four hours at a time. And um, I have beaten this game many times over the years. Uh, yeah, most yeah. recently, right before A Link Between Worlds came out. I've beaten it multiple times, but it has been probably 10 years for me. Only about three or four for me, I think. You know, whenever, like I said, that game was released, I beat this one first right before I bought it. It's now, sequel. I will say that I've beaten the light world of this game probably 20 times. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, especially I start... when we used to work on base together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I've started it plenty of times and then went, just, eh, whatever, get distracted. But I mean, it was fun enough to just keep trying, I don't know, playing around. So what I did this time, since I had beaten it so recently, uh, I decided I was going to use a walkthrough mm-hmm. and really break the game down to get everything as early as possible. Gotcha. I wanted to see what it was like to go through this game with your you know maximum amount of stuff as early as possible. And I'm here to say it doesn't make the game like way easier. No, yeah. I mean, I mean not really, because you don't really get armor or anything like that. You could get cooler items and stuff. Well, I mean, a lot of the things I think that would allow you to really, you know, if like you could get the blue mail early or but, some of yeah. the better sort, but those are tied to items that are tied to certain events in the, the game. That the you just... only thing that I think helped me out getting early was that cane, the cane of Berna. Otherwise, yeah, I, see, yeah. I mean, you know, I maybe had like uh, the ice rod earlier and a couple things like that, you but nothing the, that yeah. really was too crazy. It is a little more linear. I there. did max out my bombs and uh, arrows pretty early as well, just because I had so much money. I was like, well, I might as well just drop down to a hundred every time I go by this place. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm always in the upper eight, eight hundreds, nine hundreds. I got up to 35 bombs, I think, and 30, like, I was just messing around, you know, trying to burn some money eventually. Right. And, and once you get to 50 and 70, I mean, you can just go nuts. Like, yeah. you, you never have to worry about bombs or arrows I, well, again. I mean, I never did, and I only had 35. Like, I, I was like, I kind of thought, I was like, I wonder when it'll max out. And when it didn't max out at 25 or 30, like I thought it would, I was like, all right, I'm already rich in bombs. I don't need any more. Right. And uh, so I did, like I said, four times. I used a walkthrough to help out. I mean, I didn't have to save state or anything like that because, you right. know, but I mean, they, they you were a, save whenever you want anyway. Right. So. They were a big help um, just in being able to find some of these things that like, I know it's been years since I remembered exactly where things were. And for me, it was one of the reasons I decided to use that walkthrough was mm-hmm. that the two games, this game and its sequel are now like one in my brain. Oh, I bet it's really hard to distinguish. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like super fuzzy on a lot of locations because of that, uh, you know. But like I said, um, four playthroughs. I think I probably did this in about, I don't know, I'm not hard, it's hard to say, probably about 10 hours. That was my estimate, too. I was like, it feels like around 8 to 10, maybe. You yeah. Know? Um, but, you know, I, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, and um, 
This one, one thing about this playthrough that makes me proud is I did get all of the heart container pieces, which I'm, I actually don't know if I've ever done before because I specifically remember multiple times always ending up with missing one. And I'm, then I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I was actually really surprised you told me that because well, I also got every heart container and I was like, man, if I didn't have this walkthrough, I never would have found like two of these because they're in some weird ass out of the way places. I was the ones that I was really surprised. I remembered were the mini game ones in the dark world. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, I, the, I wasn't the final I, dark world cave one. Well, where well, you have to like cave? magic mirror just in a random spot almost. On oh, that ledge. yeah. Yeah. No, it's um, yeah. Well, you're kind of like halfway through Turtle Rock or whatever. Yeah. 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 That one. Um, I re remembered that one, but I don't know. I've and then, you know, I didn't realize I was that close because I honestly wasn't paying attention because I was like, I'm just going to be able to see how many I can remember. Right. And then I was like, oh, man, there's one left. And I was like, well, I only have one hope because I don't think I got this one, but I can't remember or not. And sure enough, it was the one. At the entrance to Death Mountain, kind of in the dark world, it doesn't actually take you up there. But mm, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking it about. It just takes you up to a heart container, and I, I was like, "Holy cow, this, this might be the first time." I don't know. So then, uh, side question: How many times did you have to play the digging game to find your heart piece there? Oh, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I did it for at least 15 minutes. Like, yeah, I did it a lot more than I wanted to. The yeah, no, but I was, I was never like really losing more than five gold yeah. at a time no, rupees. No. and then and then i would have like a really good game and, and make it all back yeah i i was i was you know i was like again i have 900 gold who cares i'll spend a lot of it here and then i ended up only spending less than 100 i was like oh really like, yeah i thought i would clear out some there as well what am i gonna do with this but yeah um this was a really fun game to go back to i mean i've played yeah. it a billion times and even recently but something about go sitting down and knowing you're going to beat it like you have gotten that drive you you've got that will to finish yeah, yeah. You know, now, soon, I found there was really a lot more joy in playing through this again, you know, in, in, in ways that you sometimes don't with games you've spent a lot of time with. Yeah, I agree. I'm Because I'm, you know, I've loved this game for a long time, but like I said, it's been 10 years, you know. I don't know, maybe I've beaten this game four times total in my life, including this one. So I'm not, you know, I don't have it memorized, but I love it. Maybe you're a little closer to memorizing it now. I, 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 would, I would say so. Excellent. Well, guys, as we warned you, this is only part one of a multi-part episode. You know, this game is amazing, and we love it, and there's no way, you know, we can just cram it into one little show. No, no, it's, uh, you know, we're just humans, man. We are barely humans. I mean, just humans. Spazers. Just a couple of spazers. And, uh, yeah, hope you liked what we have so far. Of course, next week we're going to get into a little more general chat. We'll see if Nick found any manual information for us. You'll never know. And of course, we're going to go through this game dungeon by dungeon. And uh, there's so many amazing things in these dungeons and the way it lays out that it's going to be a long one. So I hope you've got your uh, listening ears yes. tied on tight. So guys, that means next week's game will continue to be Zelda, A Link to the Past. Uh, if you haven't already, in the many years it's been out, go find a copy of this game. It's on every system Nintendo's you ever made. owe it to yourself to play this game. And uh, grab your controllers, play along, friends. And as always, if there's anything you want to get in touch with us about, email us at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we would love to get back to you. So please, like us on Facebook at Cartridge Command. Check us out on the Twitter sphere at Cart Command. Please subscribe to the show on your podcast device, and tell a friend we like as many more Cartridge Commandos to join as we can get. And as always, we must thank those wonderful folks that give to us on patreon.com slash cartridgecommand. The so many rupees. Oh, man. I have 999 rupees, and I'd like to get rid of some. 
because <laughs> apparently they don't transfer to dollars. Yeah, unfortunately. There is no exchange rate. So I sadly, we rely on the kindness of our patrons. So thank you. Thank you so much, patrons. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! You know, you have to use it, and you can. It's fine, and that's when I mainly used it. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't like the. I, I didn't. I yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't use it that much.